You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. We are in a sermon series as I've prayed, saying, Lord, we want to understand more deeply the Holy Spirit. We also want to experience more deeply your Holy Spirit in our lives. And so to that end, I remind you, and I'm going to remind you every week, the 26th of June, I invite us all to gather at the community center for prayer. We are going to pray together as a church, and our collective prayer is just simply, come Holy Spirit. 26th of June, mark that down. And then on the 9th of July will be our anointing service. That's the name we've given it. And it's simply just a time where we invite the elders of our church to anoint us with oil, as it says in the Bible to do, and where we spend time praying with and for one another for a deepening of our relationship with God, a deepening of our experience, of our day-to-day experience that my relationship with Jesus will be a day-to-day, alive, transformative reality is what we want. The week before that, so the 2nd of July, I'm going to speak to us about what I read from God's Word is one of the key functions of the Holy Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit anoints us. And so I'm going to talk about anointing, and then the week after that, we're going to do it. Um, I remind you that I am preparing daily devotions for you, so you can find them on the app as well, and uh, I remind you of those. Today, we continue. I want to share with you something that I believe is so important and fundamental for a joyful and a fruitful and a meaningful relationship with Jesus, that we, that we comprehend this, that we understand this, and that we, that we live out of that. One of the key ways that I believe the Holy Spirit helps us and yet is often not spoken about because it's not all glitz and glamour. But it is a key way that the Spirit of God manifests itself in our lives that helps us, that makes Jesus come alive and helps us to live in the power and presence of God Almighty. And so we're going to look at a key way. Let me read for us. You see, because here is what we struggle with. Um, And forgive this analogy, but... um, it's very fresh in my mind, so, I, so I'm using it. Um, you will know, some of you that know me will know that I used to do triathlon, but uh, due to age, I can no longer. So I have to find, uh, if you know me, I, 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 I need to be busy and I need to have hobbies, and so I have lots of them because I need a challenge always. So I, I had to find a new hobby, and I found one. Uh, it is called golf. Now listen, 
many of us live our Christian lives the way I play golf. And here's how it is. I play golf, and it can only be defined as hit and hope. <laughs> there is no guarantee. I mean, I know what I would like to see happen. I would love for the ball to go there and land there and then go in that way, but there really is no guarantee. It is really just swing and hope for the best. I mean, the ball might get there. I don't know. The ball might just advance a couple of centimeters, and boy, does that happen often. I just hit, and I hope for the best. And many of us live our Christian faith like that. There is no assurance. There is no certainty of, I am a child of God, assured of eternal life with Him. I'm going to, let's be blunt, make it to heaven. Many of us like, well, I... I hit and hope. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, you know, I just hope for the best. And many of us live our lives with that sense of, well, I don't really know for sure. And that captures us. It holds us. It restricts us. It depresses us. There is nothing as liberating as being assured of who I am and who I belong to. And so this is one of the key tasks of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit as our seal is our topic today. Romans 8, verse 38. So I, I don't quite remember in the daily devotions if I make reference to all the Bible references, but I do encourage you that if I make a Bible reference, please just jot it down on your phone, make a note of it, and then I encourage you to go and read it this week, study it in your own time. For these Bible references I'm going to share with you today are significant and important in understanding how the Holy Spirit helps me as my seal. Okay? Romans 8, 38 to 39, here it is. You know this well. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us, me, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 6, verse 39. Jesus speaking. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those that he has given me. John 6, 39. As I was preparing for this, I was taken back and reminded of when I was 10 years old. 
My father worked for um, what was and is no more, but was uh, the South African Airways. The South Africans in the congregation will know. It is no more. Um, <laughs> he worked for the South African Airways. And so uh, that's like, for those of you who don't know, that's like KLM. Just not nearly as good. Um, and so as a result, um, he got a free ticket for the family once a year. Right? Great. So we lived in Johannesburg, and this one school holiday, my parents decided, I was 10 years old, they're going to use this free ticket, put me on an airplane by myself, and fly me to go and visit my grandmother, who lived in Bloemfontein. Now, that's only like, like for those of you who don't know, it's like 500 kilometers, so what's that? that's like a 30-minute flight. Tiny little flight. You just do this, right? And so here I go, nervous and scared, a 10-year-old boy. Off I go to the airport, dropped off at the counter there. And the lady behind the desk, friendly and nice, she came out from behind the desk, and she had this this tag and hung it around my neck. Who's ever experienced that? I don't know if they do that anymore. Okay, maybe not. Okay, well, just imagine it if you will. And so they hung this, this thing around my neck and on it was all the information required. So first of all, my name, Paul Smith, clear and bold for all to see. On there was the words, belongs to, <laughs> and the name of my parents, my address, their phone number, in case I get lost, they know where to post me off to. <laughs> and at the bottom, destination, <laughs> Bloemfontein. <laughs> and I thought about that so I could walk with the confidence, this is who I am. This is who I belong to, and this is where I'm going. And all could see and all would know where this boy is headed. And I thought to myself, in so many ways, what a beautiful picture of what God has done for us in sealing us with the Holy Spirit. This is who you are. This is who you belong to. This is where you're going. For all to see. And it's almost as if to say that God wants all to know, hands off, this one is mine. This child belongs to me, hands off. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, write this down, Ephesians 1.13, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, you have been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. And then later Paul says in Ephesians 4.30, Therefore, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
one of the key ways that the Holy Spirit helps us is to be our seal. I want you to notice that if you look at Ephesians 1.13 and Ephesians 4.30, where Paul speaks about how, having been sealed by the Holy Spirit, I want you to notice how he writes it because it's important for us to take note of it. He writes in the, in the simple past tense, as if to clearly say to us that this has been accomplished. It is done. It's not a case of, well, I hope, to be one day sealed, or I am being sealed, it's done. You have been sealed in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Because of the cross, the victory of Jesus, it's accomplished, it's done. It's not I hope to. One day maybe I am being. I've been sealed. To seal, you know the word, you know the verb. You take a jar and you close it and you seal in the contents. You lick the envelope and you seal in that letter and keep it safe. You seal the content of that envelope in. You notarize the contract that is stamped. It is sealed to say this deal is done. Sealing, to be sealed, that, that kind of, the seal declares there are two key things to note. Ownership and protection. To seal is to declare belonging ownership. This belongs to and to give security and protection. So sealing is the act of saying, this is mine, this is protected. And with that understanding, read Ephesians 1 and 4 again. You have been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, saying, this is mine, this is protected. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is important to understand that God sealed you with his spirit. The devil might woo you from time to time. He might discourage you from time to time. You might even feel that he has some kind of influence over you from time to time, but he cannot have you. You have been sealed by the Spirit of God. Interesting, and I want you to think about this. Write this down, John 6 verse 27. Jesus speaking John 6, 27, and Jesus says this. He says, God the Father has set his seal on me. So this is Jesus talking about himself and the Father. The relationship between him and the Father. He's saying, the Father has put his seal on me. John 6, 27. And I want you to note, when we read in Ephesians about being sealed by the Holy Spirit, 
talking about me and my relationship with God. And when Jesus talks about the Father and Him being sealed by the Father, it is the exact same word used. That's huge, people. You should be falling off your chairs now. And so let me ask you then, with that said, let me ask you then this question. Do you think that Jesus questions or is worried or is fearful of being rejected by the Father? Well, then why should we? It gets better. Not only have we been sealed by the Spirit of God, speaking of and speaking into ownership, who we belong to, our standing in the eyes of God, that we are protected. Not only have we been sealed, but we have been adopted. So I'm not just some random stranger with a stamp on him. <laughs> but I'm a child of the living God. Changes everything. Romans 8 verse 14 to 17. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation for us. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received, been sealed by, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you see, that's important because he's from changing his mind and, getting, and selling me. Right? Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm key job of the Holy Spirit, to affirm that you are God's child, that we are God's children. And since we are his children... We are his heirs. I am no longer just a random guy off the street, a random guest at the table. I now belong. I'm an heir. I'm a child at the table. Let me tell you something. So we are invited often to pe people's homes, and we invite people often to our homes. And there is a distinct difference in approach to the table when I am a guest as opposed to, this is my table. So here's an example, and the person is in the audience. We were at their house last night, and so I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. So I am a guest at their table. I love olives. There were olives on the table. But I'm a guest. It's not my table. So I politely had one olive. <laughs> if it was my table, 
I would have had a handful of olives. When people are at our home and have kids, you often see the little kid running and whispering in the mom's ear, and you know what they're whispering, Mom, can I have a chip? <laughs> right? My kids, on the other hand, walk into the room in the table, grab, in fact, pull their shirts out and just <laughs> shove the chips in there and then walk like that back to their rooms. They don't care. This is my table. I'm a child of this house. I belong here. Do you get my point? I approach life differently when I'm seated at the table as a guest or an heir. Not only have you been sealed, you've been adopted. In the Old Testament, just about that, in the Old Testament, God is referred to as Father 15 times. In the New Testament, which is much smaller, over 200 times. What changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament? What happened? Jesus happened. His life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection made it possible for me to be reconciled because I am sinful and rebellious and often just plain stupid. He has made it possible for me to be reconciled with my Creator. And that by the grace of God, by sending Jesus, and through faith, and faith we understand, is that, is that step, faith involves recognizing my sinfulness to the point where I want to, the Bible uses the word, to repent, to turn, and submit and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. to be reconciled with my Creator, forgiven of my sins. And with that, I sit at the table knowing, Psalm 103, verse 12, write it down, knowing that as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed my transgressions from me. This, I never thought about this, but as I, was, I, I thought about this, you see, and so this is what happens when you pray, come Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Teach me Jesus. Why doesn't it say, as far as north is from south? And remember, this was written well before world travel and, and understanding of geography. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed my sins. I'll tell you why. And it just struck me. The immensity of God's love and grace and forgiveness. Because how far is east from west? How far is it? Well, farther and farther by the moment. Think about it. You travel west, you will never go east. You travel east, you will never go west. 
Not so with north and south. There will come a point where you will hit north. It's called the North Pole. There will come a point, there is a turnaround point, where you will hit south, called the South Pole. And for interest sake, it's just over 20,000 kilometers apart. But not so with east and west. East and west have no turning points. Nor does God, is the message. And so when you sit at that table in Jesus, when God sees you at the table, he sees your sin no more. For you are a child of God, adopted in his family, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 43 verse 25 says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God will not change his mind about you. You are adopted by God and his Holy Spirit seals that truth in our lives and assures us and reassures us of our standing, our identity, and our belonging at the table. Paul understood this, uh, or, or the original readers of Paul's words around being adopted understood the significance of what it means to be adopted. If you look at Roman law, to be adopted meant the following. It meant, first of all, a loss of all, so you lost all relationship to your old family and gained all the rights of your new family. You became heir to the father's estate. I love this. You were forgiven. So before your adoption, if you had accrued debt and you owed this guy this and that guy that, you were forgiven according to Roman law. All prior debts were canceled and wiped out. I will never forget the moment when Catherine and I adopted Matthew. We sat in the magistrate's office and he turned and he looked at us and then he turned to Catherine and he said, before I put my seal on this. You must understand the significance of what's happening here right now. In the eyes of the law, when I have signed this and sealed it with my stamp. In the eyes of the law, it is as if you have given birth to him. There is no distinction. Do you want this? And we said yes. As if you have given birth to him. Child of God, Lord, where are those olives? Let me grab. And this is what Jesus made possible for us on the cross. And this is the task of the Holy Spirit to remind us. And to, it says in Romans 8.16, he joins with our spirit to affirm this truth, this reality, that we are God's children. That's what he wants to do for you. That's he wants to help you. Is to root that truth in your life, that you live from that truth, liberated and free. I'm almost done. You must know today 
your name is not written in the book of life with a pencil. And God, a cruel taskmaster, insisting upon perfection, hovering over your name in the book of life with a big eraser just waiting for you to mess up. Ha! I knew it. <laughs> he is a good father. He has given his son for you. And he has written your name in the book of life. Not with a pencil, but in the blood of the lamb. In the blood of Jesus. And this is what the Spirit of God testifies to in my spirit. So that why is this important? Why is it important? You know why it's important. Because there's nothing as debilitating. There's nothing as, as, as holding us so back. Nothing that depresses us so much. Nothing that robs us of our, of our joy. Nothing that... Look at people that really struggle in life. And so much of it is around who am I, identity, where do I fit, where do I belong. And so that robs us of joy. And so there's nothing quite as liberating and freeing and filling us with joy and hope and purpose and passion and excitement, knowing this is who I am. This is where I belong. This is my father's table, and I've got a seat there. You can't. This is who I am. It's empowering. It puts a smile, and I'm going to say it, on your dial. And my children are now embarrassed. <laughs> I want to close by saying this to you. God loves you perfectly. Think about that. God has perfect, not partial, perfect knowledge of your past transgressions. And perfect knowledge of your future missteps. Yet is perfectly willing to, perfect, to perfectly love you. Back to the image of me flying on my own. God is committed to getting you home safely. So he has sealed you with his spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.